millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. but the match doesn't leave anyone blown away. A useful point, I guess, on the road instead. Welcome to Charlton Live. So good evening to you and welcome to uh, Charlton Live, coming to you live here from the Valley on your Sunday evening. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio here in SU7 as we get ready to look back at yesterday's uh, fairly dour and goalless draw with the Bristol Rovers is Mr Lewis Cat. Hey, Dean Lewis? Yes, not too bad, mate. How yeah, did you? You, yeah, have you dried off yet after the... Just about, yeah, yeah. I think just about. Torrential downpour in, uh, in Bristol just after the game finished yesterday and anyone who was stuck waiting 40 minutes for a bus like I was to get back to the station was absolutely soaked by the time they got home. Um, yeah, not a great... Great game, horrible conditions to, to be uh, played in as well. Uh, but we will look back at the match. We're going to have a listen to the match highlights. We're going to hear from the addicts boss, Lee Bowler, of course. We're also going to hear from the stopper, Dylan Phillips, who made one hell of a superb save uh, from a free kick from Johnson Clark Harris as well. So not all bad news uh, yesterday. Don't forget, you can have your say on yesterday's performance. You can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive, or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum to have your say about the game yesterday. Let us know anything you want to say 
say, was that save from Dylan Phillips the best save you've ever seen? Was it up there, the best save of the season? Let us know. Um, Results-wise, I was still eight points behind Barnsley. Um, I did get slightly carried away on Friday night when Barnsley dropped points. I thought, well, if we can win on Saturday, then we'd only be six points behind them, and who knows? But uh, (laughs) maybe I was thinking a little bit pie in the sky, yeah, although Dylan Phillips is certainly not uh, ruling anything out yet. Um, Also interested to know if you have a preference as to who we would play in the playoffs if we do end up in the playoffs. Um, Let us know. So email studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum and have your say on there. Just before we hear the highlights of the game, Lewis... Um. yeah not one that uh, is going to live long in the memory I think it's probably fair to say although we have been robbed a little bit because Josh Cullen scored a goal that was offside just before half time and looking back at it it looks like it should have been onside yeah I mean from uh, from being at the game I don't know anyone that's been to the Memorial Stadium or was there yesterday will know that the view is, is very poor <laughs> especially <laughs> if that ended the ground so, um, so I've just seen uh, the image you've tweeted out and yeah, it's, it's definitely onside. The, the left-back Kelly seems to be playing him on, so we'll feel hard done by there, definitely. Mm. But, I mean, overall, I mean, given the conditions and the position we find ourselves within the table pretty comfortable in those playoff places, if we're being totally honest, still 11 points above uh, Coventry now, who are the the, the next uh, the team in seventh now. Um, it's not the end of the world, really, is it? It's, it's just one that you just put down as an average day at the office and then everyone just goes home. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, off the back of Tuesday night as well, probably a little bit leggy. Uh, and the conditions yesterday were atrocious, weren't they? The wind completely killed the game. Uh, I hate to sound like Jurgen Klopp by blaming the <laughs> blaming the weather conditions, but it was pretty atrocious yesterday. It seemed like any kick was going out for, for a throw-in or coming straight back at you. But, um, you know, the international break now has probably come at the right time. I think we, we did look a little bit leggy, especially towards the, the latter stage of the game yesterday. But you take you know a point away from home is not too bad. Bristol Rovers have been in a, in a bit of an upturn of form lately as well after a poor start. So mm. it won't be looked at as too bad of a point. Yeah, certainly. Right, just a quick note before we hear the highlights. Um, uh, tonight's show, Chuck and I, is just only going to be an hour long. Now, this is something I've been thinking about doing for a while uh, with the Sunday show because an hour and a half is very long for a podcast. So I'm just giving it a test run tonight just to see if we can squeeze everything in so we're not waffling for too long. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. If it doesn't work, uh, we, we won't revert to it, but we'll, we'll see how we got on. Right, let's have a listen to the highlights uh, from yesterday's game. Uh, Terry Smith and Greg Stubbley were down at the memorial ground for us. Ball goes down the line. Billick with a header trying to find Prattley and Gogo steps in and wins it back. Finds Circum. Circum blocked shot by uh, Pearson. It was an important block as well. Taylor up against Clark. Cuts back inside. That's a good swinging ball. Reeves is there and so is Vetter Cayley. Neither could get a substantial touch on it. And Bristol are able to bring it out from the far side of the penalty area with Kelly. And with it. It's a deep one on this occasion. Bowers at the far side. Bowers gets ahead across. Oh, Taylor get, hits it with one foot and it hits his other before it can go into the goal. And Bristol managed to clear it away. Great chance. Oh, still have it with Reeves down that left-hand side. Quite how he's worked uh, space there. It's flicking left and right. And his ball's ricocheted to Purrington inside of Edicoli. Rides one tackle to the right. And Cullen takes the shot. Cullen and it's uh, caught the uh, outside of his boot and over. And the wind possibly as well and out for a goal. But it'll drop to Cullen. Cullen finds Vettacaley. Back inside to Cullen. He's got Reeves to his right. Reeves has got Taylor further on and into the penalty area. Across his uh, Vettacaley. Will it get oh. there? Oh, just cut out in the last minute by Lockyer before Vettacaley could pounce. Lovely attacking, counter-attacking move from Charlton, which has resulted in a corner, but it could have been much better. Oh, see it up here. Bringing the ball forward to Reeves. Reverse ball finds Cullen. Further right to Dick still. Dick Steele, ball into the box, it's a good looking ball, Taylor gets something good, it comes to Perrington, Perrington controls, shoots across oh. and cleared away by Lockyer, 
close to the line. It was a goal-bound effort from Perrington. Clark Harris is about to take this free kick for Bristol Rovers. Steps over it, left-footed. It is a oh, great a side from Dylan Phillips. Somehow the free kick went side. through the wall, I think. And Dylan Phillips diving down to his left keeps it out. An absolutely fantastic save. Whether the free kick went around the wall, I don't know, but it just, just was shot powerfully by Clark Harris. Even the referee's gone up to say even, well even done. Even Clark Hoover. Harris has gone over yeah. and applauded Dylan Phillips that for that. Is, that yeah. is one of the best saves you'll see this season. Watch this again on uh, on Quest because that was quite exceptional, that save. Or on the uh, Charlton highlights. Clark like Harris trying to chest it back and Dick Steele does well to read it. It just clears away. Ball down the line looking towards Vettakele. It's all one for Craig. It's not great clearance and Cullen picks it up. Cullen, great footwork to take the ball past Kelly. Ball, ball towards Vettakele. It's a good, good control. Vettakele, shot! Oh! Save by Bonham. Diving down save. to his right. Was a good save. It's a lovely move. And Cullen did superbly well to just control that. Go past his man. Great ball in a Vettakele. Good control. Instant shot down to the keeper's right. And he, he was almost going in the wrong direction, um, Bonham, at that point. But Charlton with the free kick in a dangerous position, probably just out in shooting range, but only a one-man wall on this left-hand side. But Josh Cullen can certainly chip this in, and the, the weather, how it's been like, it's going to be awkward. Cullen to take. He's oh, chipped it in. It's oh. come off a flick. Uh, come off a head shot, I say. Flick from, I think that was James Clark at the near post. There's an important touch as well, as it was goal-bound effort from Cullen. It was almost a cross-come shot in the end. Reeves. Swings it in towards the six-yard box. It's an awkward oh. one. It's missed everybody. And just come away to the far post. I think it might have touched a Bristol Rovers player. And it'll be collected by Kelly away to the on the Charlton right-hand side. Halfway inside the Charlton half. Looks to swing this back in towards the box. Bowers there. Gets something on it. Up to Billick. Billick turns. Tries to drill the ball forward, but it's blocked away by Upson. Then it's a snapshot by Clark. Just wide right of the post, and that's the closest Bristol look up. Still doesn't look like he's shaping to do that, and throws it into Joe Rebo. Good, Good control touch. from Joe Rebo into the corner of the penalty area. Still Joe Rebo turns the other way onto his right foot, back to his left. Ball across, Taylor. Oh, oh cleared away. What a challenge. Lock here again. Lock here again in the way, and this time from Lyle Taylor. And the referee does blow the whistle, and it is all over here at the Memorial Stadium. Honours even. So there we go, the highlights of yesterday's game, courtesy of Valley Pass. Um, uh, unfortunately, the, the cut, it cut out just before the uh, the offside goal, so probably the most exciting part of the game for us uh, didn't make the cut because uh, the Wi-Fi got blown away, uh, <laughs> as well as the rest of the game. But um, yeah, overall, a point, probably a fair result. Charlton, I felt like Charlton edge possession, but when I look back at it, it was actually a 52-48 jobby in, in Bristol Rovers' favour. But I felt like Charlton had more of the uh, controlled... You know, possession within the, the other team's half. Yeah, looked more likely on the whole to have nicked it if anyone would have. Yeah, definitely, I agree with you. There. I thought, um, thought we didn't do too badly in the in the conditions, and I think uh, especially first half, I thought we were we were quite good. But second half, maybe tailed off. The Bristol were probably the better side in that second period. So yeah, a draw draw probably a fair result. Mm. And it's, I mean, the the weather. I mean, you you can't talk <laughs> about that game yesterday without mentioning. I mean, it, it was clear during the the warm up. I was watching. Uh, the the subkeeper Chris Maxwell floating over crosses to Dylan and you were seeing him floating him up in towards like the edge of the six yard box and they were blowing away towards the edge of the area. It was crazy the way that wind was affecting the ball and that and that affects the way you have to play. You if if there were times you wanted to try and pump it long, you really couldn't be sure that that was going to work with with any accuracy. Yeah, exactly. And I think um even that second, I think even the second kick of the game by Bristol, I think they went went for a crossfield pass and went straight out for a throw. I think. From that moment on, I think we knew what sort of game it was going to be. I think it was just just treacherous, wasn't it? I think picked the worst weekend to go and watch football in a in a ground that hasn't got a roof <laughs> in an open terrace. It was pretty, it was pretty savage, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I've, overall, 
it's it's a tough place to go really the the mem i think even last season i think it was a bit of a bit of a tough ask to get we got a point there last season well, fun, as well funny enough rovers actually have the worst home record in the division they've only won at home four times this season but they have shown that improvement over the last few weeks. Won one three in a row before uh, before Saturday, including their last home league game, which was a four 0 win over Blackpool, I believe. So you know, good teams have gone there recently and struggled. Sunderland have uh, been there twice recently in the league and in the uh, Checker Trade. Won both two 0 but apparently the in particular the Checker Trade game, they were lucky to get away with that. So it has become a, a more difficult place. And in Johnson Clark Harris, they've got a striker who's banging form. So um, we we knew we were going to have our hands sort of fall before we got there. Yeah, and he's um, yeah. Yeah, he's an example of probably where their improvements come. They've done some good some good business in January after they got rid of of Daryl Clark and they just before Christmas and some of the people they've brought in impressed me. I know they've got a couple of Shrewsbury players from last season, haven't they? They've got they've got Alex Rodman and they've got that a go go. I think they've just signed from Coventry as well. Um, all players that impressed me last season for for Shrewsbury and uh, yeah, on paper they got a good side. I was I was a bit gutted Tariq Holmes Dennis didn't get on yesterday. But I think he probably would have been bound to score if he came mm-hmm. on, <laughs> knowing our luck, but. Um, yeah, on paper, a side that uh, it's sort of hard to see why they're down there, but it's, it seems to be one of those seasons at, at the bottom of the league this year where it's really some big clubs down there, some clubs I wouldn't expect to see down there. So um, I think they're, they've probably got a little bit of breathing space now in terms of, of staying in the division. But a side, yeah, they, they impressed me, to be honest, but conditions overall for both sides, very, very difficult. Uh, probably the moment of the match, and from a Charlton point of view, then apart from the, the offside goal, was of course uh, that save from from Dylan Phillips. Clark Harris, it was he won the free kick. It was a bit of a soft one. I think Prattley gave it away, but uh, I think it was Clark Harris who went down a bit a bit a bit easily, if we're being honest. Twenty five yards or so from goal, the free kick seems to somehow sort of squirm through the wall, and the second it's left his foot, it looks like it's going to be nestling in that bottom corner. And Phillips, for all the world, looks like he's going to be. Uh, beaten all ends up but he's got down there and just clawed it away and uh, yeah a spectacular save oh it's a brilliant save and it looked like he even got it uh, from behind him as well it's like the ball was actually behind him by the time he managed to get a hand to it it was very impressive save and like we say Dylan you know he's he's really making a statement for himself now especially in that starting position since Jed's gone back to Villa and he's kept Chris Maxwell out of the side who's a championship experienced goalkeeper and he deserves his place and I'm just I'm over the moon for Dylan really because he has come in and his head could have dropped. I know you spoke to him uh, after the Walter game New Year's Day, and he was he was very defeated, wasn't he? Very very different Dylan Phillips to the Dylan Phillips we're seeing now in terms of uh, how he felt and his contract situation. He's signed up now, probably feeling a little bit more secure, and he's and he's performing. You know, week in week out, he's making match winning saves if you like and especially yesterday that's probably one of the best saves I've I've seen in a very long time yeah it's amazing, it's amazing uh, how he has changed since like I say since that, that game against Walsall when he came out and you know I'll, I'll be totally honest at that time I, I generally didn't think he'd be he, he would want to sign a new contract because he wasn't getting the game time that he needed he wasn't being allowed to go out on loan because over the last couple of years another indirect uh, probably victim of the Duchatelet regime because we've never worked quickly enough to get our goalkeepers in which meant he had hasn't been able to go out and get that one season in League Two, perhaps that he needed. Um, so he's had to wait his turn, and, and like I say, so glad that he's uh, he's grasped it with both hands uh, at the start of this, uh, you know, since the turn of the year, and a brilliant save, and um, yeah, kept us in it, and an important time of the game as well. As you go down just before half time, that could have been very difficult. Yeah, exactly, and I think that was sort of as the possession was swinging in in Bristol's favour just just before the break. I mean, we had the the goal, uh, the offside goal, just sort of just after that, but in terms of the actual play, he was looking for that break in the game and it's something like that that, that you need to break a deadlock, especially in those in those conditions. And it, it did look completely goal bound, especially from where we were standing, like dead in line with that goal. 
where he saved it from behind him, I was convinced that was an Nestle in the uh, in the bottom corner. So, a uh, fantastic save to pull off and at a very important time. So, as we say, the other major talking point in that first half from a Charlton point of view was right on the stroke of halftime. We had a couple of other half chances, which we'll, which we'll uh, come to in a bit. But it was uh, it was good work from Lyle Taylor on the left-hand side of the area. Got it into Purrington. Now, Purrington's hit it across the face of goal. Cullen's just there, unmarked, six yards out, and he touches it home. The flag's gone up almost immediately. But, you know, as, as I've said, from that, that screenshot, watching it back on, on Valley Pass, and I tweeted out the, uh, the, the screenshot, I mean, to me, the defender's foot is clearly on the six-yard line. Cullen's foot seems to be behind it. So the only thing is you can't quite see Cullen's right foot, the Mm. one he scores with. But judging by his stance, I don't think it could have been much further forward. So for me, and Lee Bowyer certainly said after he felt he was hard done by there, it should have been been a goal. We should be 1-0 victors. Yeah, definitely. Like I say, I I hadn't seen it until I saw your screenshot earlier. And and from that picture, uh, the the left back, Kelly, he's, he's playing him on. And... Yeah, it's unfortunate. I didn't think the officials yesterday were that great, to be honest. I've never seen more drop balls in a in a game of football <laughs> in my entire life. But um, yeah, hard done by. They're the decisions that we seem to seem to go against us a lot. Mm. And um, we got you know we've got to brush off and brush it off and let it go. Yeah, really. yeah. The drop ball situations were weird. Just I think we saw two where uh, the, there was one particularly in the first half where there, a drop ball was basically a, a player in front of uh, the stand we were in went down really easily ended up lying on top of the ball the referee was thinking well it's not a free kick uh, ended up giving it for obstruction so he had to give uh, the, the, the drop ball and then we took the drop ball Clark Harris picks it up and then dived and then he gave the free kick anyway it was just bizarre <laughs> and then he, he did similar uh, in over in the, the the far side in that second half I mean the, t- the team news was of course interesting um, five changes before the game obviously we'd had that gruelling week where we'd beaten Portsmouth and Burton Albion both here at the Valley and uh, tiredness certainly seemed to come into play in that second half on Tuesday evening um, so not surprised to see uh, a lot of changes to, to try and freshen it up perhaps a, a bit surprised that Jason Pierce for Naby Sar was one of them um, it, nothing personal but you're saying of course it wouldn't be because he said himself that Naby's played so well this season uh, you know that Pierce he hasn't come straight back in he's been on the bench for a couple of games purely because of that because Naby's been in such good form but um, even there I guess eyebrows are always going to be raised the second poor Nabs gets taken out of the team because he has played so well recently yeah definitely it was something I was I was very surprised and I, I spoke to you before the game about I was I was quite surprised with, with Naby Sar being out of the side uh, mainly because I, I had him on as first goal scorer so that was that was heartbreaking <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, but yeah I mean it's nice to see Jason Pierce back obviously he's a, he's a leader he's a he's a captain and I thought he had a good game yesterday, bearing in mind he's not really had a huge amount of league action um, since he's been injured. So it was nice to see him back in the side, but obviously it was quite harsh on Naby Sar. But I think I'd look at it more of that he's probably just resting him, to be honest. I mean, I I didn't think he was out on his feet Tuesday, but he has played a lot of football um, recently, more than he's probably ever played in a Charlton shirt, uh, especially consistently. So Mm. whether he's, you know, Bowie's just giving him a little rest. You don't want to, we're in that, like you say, we're in that stage now where the playoffs are looking pretty comfortable and, Mm. You don't want to pick up, you know, unnecessary injuries. If we go into the playoff games and we're missing the lights of Naby Sar through through injury, where and we've played them at Bristol Rovers, and we've had we could have switched it up a little bit to prevent them happening. You'll be looking back at that and regretting it. So yeah, I can in, see the thinking behind. We're it. in this weird purgatory now, aren't we? Where I mean, 
I am still going to say that there's probably no chance of the top two other than an outside chance, which, you know, if, if we win all of all of our games from now until the end of the season, we're probably getting the top two just about. But even then, it might not be enough. So we are in this situation now where I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if, especially if, as we get into the last four or five games of the season, if Bowie was to do this a little bit more just to keep, mm. keep the squad fresh. But at the same time, obviously, you can't be losing momentum. So he's going to have to sort of tread a fine line here to find the right balance yeah and, and it gives opportunities to those players who probably think that they can they can be a big part of the tail end of the season you know even the likes of you know Jolly Williams is injured at the moment whether Tariq comes in and, and he refines his form over the next you know that that tail leg part of the season if he finds his form again and goes into the playoffs red hot form like he was last season that could be really important or it's opportunity for all those players Jason Pierce been out for a long time He's a leader. He could be really important in those playoff games. So I think, yeah, that Bayer will look at it and think it's an opportunity for, for players to get some minutes as well. We're in a very comfortable position. Um, something like Touchwood, I can't see us throwing away. I agree with you that the top two is a massive outside chance. And I just think all we can do is try and win every single game in front of us and, and see what happens and take some decent form into those playoff games. Because I was, I was also looking at Barnsley's running uh, earlier on today. and it, I mean, it, it's, uh, people are saying we've got a, a fairly bottom half of the league running. I mean, they, they've got a very similar one, if we're being mm. totally honest. And, and they're a team that hasn't won, hasn't lost in, was it 18 games now, I think? Yeah, even even like if they that. have dropped, dropped points in the last two. So they've drawn their last two before before the weekend uh or including the weekend sorry where whereas we won sort of four points in that time so you know we, we gained two points on them but I mean we're gonna have to do that pretty much every week for the rest of the season to, to have any hope exactly and I think we we can't really give a lack of respect to any of those sides in the bottom half because they're you know it's tight down there and they're all fighting for their lives and you know, Wimbledon now have managed to claw back that gap they're only three points from safety and you've got the likes of Bradford down there that we play in a fortnight's time and Rochdale we play last game of the season that are fighting for their lives and they're all they're all teams that are they're fighting for something also obviously at the wrong end of the table um but they're going to be you know they're going to be fired up and they're going to want to win as much as we are and Barnsley the way they edge it I think they've been extremely clinical all season and I think we've we've been quite guilty of maybe not being as clinical and not taking our chances you see Barnsley killed teams off 3-0 and we created chances to win a 3-0 when we go and win it Two one or one nil. Mm. Um, I just think that they're they're a little bit better at killing teams off. It's a well similar to how it was last season when we got into the playoffs. Now we're in. We are the lowest scorers in the top six by six goals to Doncaster, and everyone else has nine or ten more than us. Apart from Luton, have got a hell of a lot, nearly <laughs> nearly twenty more than us. So I mean, wow. again, it's weird, isn't it? So we haven't really gone through this season feeling like oh we have we're not scoring goals because obviously we've had Taylor and Grant in that time scoring goals on the regular. But when you actually look. I mean, we haven't we haven't done a team for four yet. We've we've barely scored three that often this season, and and it, it does sort of add up, and it does just sort of suggest, you know, that's where we might be slightly off it compared to some of the, the two teams at the top of the league in particular. We're not as clinical as we could have been, and that was the same problem last year. But I guess it it doesn't feel as bad as it did last year because at least we know we've got still got one striker who will score a hatful of goals. Yeah, definitely, and we've got such a creative midfield, like an incredibly creative midfield, and. Um, last season, you know, Fosu was our was our main man, our creative um, outlet, if you like, and he wasn't 100% fit going into those playoff games last season, and that definitely hindered us a little bit. And I'm hoping that this year we've not just got the players available, but also got the experience of last year's disappointment, which will make us stronger. And you look at the other teams in that three. I mean, Sunderland are still within a shout of getting second, but say Sunderland finish in that in that top in the playoff places, then. 
you know they've got they've got to bring on something that they probably haven't experienced for a long time in terms of playoffs and Portsmouth missed out just last year and then Doncaster weren't anywhere near last year and so we were we were in there we faced a, a strong Shrew, uh, Shrewsbury side that were probably disappointed they didn't get in the top two so I like to think that we've got experience heading into it and maybe that gives us the upper hand against these sides. So with the formation change yesterday going to three at the back, obviously it's, it's something we have played periodically throughout the the, the season, but you're in a way sort of trying to play the elements and to, to, to give an element of surprise to, to Bristol Rovers, who in the end uh, actually switched up their formation after the first sort of 20 minutes, half an hour or so. Um, did, did you like that change? It's, it's good uh, it's, it's good in the way that you get to see Billick, Pierce, and Bauer all in, in the same team as well. Yeah, and I was impressed with them as well. I thought, I thought um, especially um, Christian Bielek, I thought they had a great game yesterday. I'm glad he was fit as well. And and also Anthony Dick still coming in on that right-hand side. I was really, really impressed with his performance yesterday. I thought he was a good attacking outlet. He got forward. He defended well when needed to. Uh, and I, I felt like everything that we had yesterday was coming from that side. I mean, Perrington put the put the ball in for Cullen for that goal. But apart from that, I was a little bit maybe disappointed with Perrington yesterday. I didn't think he had the best game. Um, but in terms of a formation change, I was, I was impressed with it yesterday. And like it is nice to see... The, the three centre backs at the same time. Yeah, and the other sort of major headline of that starting eleven for me was the fact that Igor uh, came back in for Josh Parker. Obviously, they've been sort of chopping and changing um, over the last few weeks, and Parker started against Burton. Igor, having started against uh, Pompey, uh, it switched it back around yesterday. Mm. I mean, is it a little bit of a much of a muchness with that one? I think, if anything, I'm probably leaning towards Igor at the moment. Mm. I think his his movement is slightly better than Josh Parker. I think he, yeah, I think he gives the other side's defence a little bit more to to think about. I mean, maybe we're being harsh on Parker in that we still haven't really seen a good run from him yesterday uh, at, at all, really, I should say. And um, and he's had that illness as well, which he's probably still taken a couple of weeks to get back from. Uh, but at the same time, he was Gillingham's third choice striker when we signed him. So are we expecting too much? I think um, obviously we're looking at him as the person that we've brought in to replace. Carl and Grant and obviously they're, they're leagues apart and that's an issue there's a lot of pressure but I'm still I think Lee Bowie has mentioned it many a time I'm in the same ballpark there that I'm waiting for one of them to really take their chance and, and sort of grasp that starting berth with both hands and, and give it a real go and I'm I'm with you that I'm I'm leaning towards Igor I thought yesterday um, he wasn't too bad he had a really good he had a good chance in the first half bit of a snapshot which the keeper saves, but that was sort of the glimpses of the movement that he's got and some of the space he can create. And they're just the things that I don't see from Josh Parker. Like the in the in the games where Eagles started, I feel like he's he's been a part of something. He's had a chance himself, or he's managed to create something or start a move. Where with Parker, I haven't really seen anything. I was, I thought he would, he did all right when he came on in one of his first games. I can't exactly remember who it was, and he came on as a sub, and I thought he played okay. And Igor didn't have a great game, but since mm. then. I think um, Igor has been the better of the two. I mean, he still obviously doesn't get anywhere near enough goals as as what we need, Igor. He had a couple of chances yesterday, or one one in particular, which he uh, drew a save from from Jack Bonham towards the end of that first half. But we sort of say that you always say it with a striker. Hopefully, once he gets one, that will sort of spur him on. But he got that one against Wimbledon, sort of, and <laughs> yeah. um, and and he hasn't hasn't scored again since then. So mm. yeah, it's a tough one, really, isn't it? It is, yeah, and it's it's a real shame because when he when he came in, obviously we were so impressed, and uh, it was a long time ago, and, and back in the championship as well, and, and he was just on fire, and 
he got that injury and then since then it's, it just sort of derailed him a little bit his confidence was shot to pieces and I think I think it still is I don't think he probably will ever be the same player that we saw when he first came in I think that's asking a little bit too much um, but I still think that he's got just enough quality to, to do something you know in that side I think he can bring something and at the moment, I believe he can bring um, a bit more than Parker can. Mm, yeah, so um, as, as we were saying, we did have a few chances throughout the game, mainly in, in the first half. Although right, The very last kick of the game, actually, uh, well, one of them, Lyle Taylor had a shot on goal that was well blocked after a good little run-in from Joe Rebo, who came on for the last 20, 25 minutes or so. Um, I mean, there was one early on where Bauer won a header from a corner and knocked it down to Taylor. And it, was just, it just came to him at sort of an awkward height and angle, and he, he tried to adjust his feet, and he managed to just about volley it towards the goal, but then it hit his standing foot as he was sort of standing sideways onto it. Um, and yeah, other than the offside goal, I think our biggest chance of the half came from, again, Dick Still, who you mentioned, who I thought um, played well as well yesterday, um, floated over a, a, a crossover to that far post, presumably measured, although it could well be wind-assisted. But um, <laughs> it came down to Purrington, he got his shot away and it's just cleared off the line. And you know, it's very rarely you see uh, you, you're left back in a, in a, a goal-scoring position unless it's Toby Stevenson. So yeah, exactly. yeah he, got, he, got, he got his, his shot away but um yeah probably the closest we come really other than the, the offside goal yeah yeah I'd, I'd say so it was just a, a bit of a difficult game in terms of in terms of chances and everything yesterday and Perrington as mentioned I think he didn't he didn't have the best game yesterday but it's nice to see him push forward and he, he does have moments where he, he can he can push through and and really create chances and he's got quite a good left foot on him as well in terms of crossing and I think he's he's come close a few times with, with scoring a goal but He's, he's like I think we've it's been said many a time like Wally Downs when he was at Wimbledon said you get like a seven out of ten from him every single week and that's probably pretty consistent so yeah. far I think yesterday's probably the the worst mm. display from him I've seen and it wasn't awful yeah and don't forget he was playing a left wing back whereas uh, I mean when we, when we signed him we were told he doesn't really get forward that much but we played him as a wing back rather than a left back um, so so who's to uh, who's to say so overall uh, a decent point uh, on the road there uh, Millwall. Former Millwall player Tony Craig was in the defence for, uh, for for Bristol Rovers, which is, as soon as I saw him, I, I just had flashbacks of oh, wasn't it funny when John Marquis scored a known goal, another former Millwall player a couple yeah. of weeks ago. <laughs> so in my mind, I was thinking, I oh, wouldn't it be funny if he scored, and then we'd have two former Millwall players. So I thought I'd tell everyone about that after the game. We, uh, after we'd interviewed Bowen, we we're just waiting for Dylan Phillips to come out and speak to us. Uh, we were sat sort of near the tunnel area, and I was just telling the likes of the, the club media staff, Ollie and George and Terry and Greg from the from the commentary team. I was just saying. Wouldn't it be funny if uh, if Tony Craig had scored an own goal, ex Millwall, and all this? At which point, um, uh, Tony Craig's two children walked past, apparently, because whoever the, <laughs> the man who was looking after him said, "These are Tony Craig's kids, by the way." So I'll be careful what you're saying. Oh so no! I nearly mugged <laughs> myself off in front of a uh, in front of a, an ex Millwall man's kids. But, um, yeah, I mean, Millwall mugged themselves off enough this afternoon, really, exactly. didn't they? Exactly. So, uh, there you go. Right. Um, don't forget, you can still have your say on this evening's Charlton Live. A few of you started tweeting in now, so we'll come to those in a minute. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live, or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum and have your say on tonight's uh, on tonight's show about yesterday's performance. Anything really you want to talk about Charlton related, uh, you can you can do so. Let's have a listen to what Lee Bayer had to say after yesterday's game. Of course, um, th- there's one question about Lyle Taylor, which um, I'm going to have to explain after because uh, I was hoping Bayer was going to say something about something I found out, but he didn't really. But I'll tell you a story. It's quite an interesting story. Uh, I heard uh, I heard during the week, so I'll tell you that in a minute. But this is what Lee Bayer had to say after yesterday's game. Obviously disappointing not to come away with all three points, but I think pleased uh, to, to get away from a game in difficult conditions with the one point. Yeah, obviously we go into every game and, and, and wanting to win and 
we're leaving disappointed because we haven't won, you know, but conditions were so difficult and this is quite an open ground and the wind was just unbelievable. So uh, I'd say, yeah, probably on another day I think we could have won it. Um, but yeah, come away, it's, it's, it's a good point really. They're, they've been doing well recently. Uh, they've won 3-3 on the spin, I think, before we played them. So yeah, it's it's not a bad point. Couldn't have had your chances, as you said, offside goals at both ends as well. Have you had a, a look back at those? Um, well, we our one was onside. Um, I, I've not looked at their one. There's no point. Uh, but yeah, ours was onside. Said to the, the to the ref, uh, to the fourth official at half time, walking off like he's onside. But again, this big decision has not gone our way. Obviously, you had the, uh, those difficult games you've had in the week and you, you made the five changes today. Was that just a case of trying to freshen up that squad? Freshen it up uh, and, and try and prevent what did happen today. I, I knew it was going to be horrible conditions and, uh, and a tough physical game, so I, I freshened it up the best, the best I could. And, and to be fair, we, we kept a, a side that's been doing well quiet today and so everyone that came in had they, done their jobs and uh, but yeah we're, we're all a little bit flat now because obviously we wanted the three points and uh, brilliant to see Jason Pierce back in for the first time since December obviously comes in for, for Naby so that's been a, a difficult decision with the way Naby's been playing as well recently yeah it was, it was nothing against any of them it, all the players that came out it was nothing against them it was um, just purely best for the team. It, it was tough. Saturday, Tuesday, they was both tired. Uh, they was a, lot, a lot of them was tired on Tuesday. You could tell that just from watching the game. So, and then to ask them to go and do it again today was would have been maybe too much of a gamble. So, uh, so yeah, it wasn't just Naby. Like all, all the lads, they've all been doing great. And so, yeah. Nice to see Lyle Taylor um, save his yellow card for today rather than any of the last five games. I know. It was a, a close run thing this week about something that could have happened behind the scenes as well. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, he um, done it at the right time. So, uh, but it's, I don't know how many the next ones are, but I don't think it's possible for him to reach that. So, yeah, it's just one of the players that plays on the edge all the time, isn't it? And uh, of course, you've got your, your two week break now for the international break. And with the, perhaps the tired legs in the squad, it couldn't have come at a better time. No, no, this would be good. I just said to him, look, go and enjoy your break. Um, you've earned it. And, and, and when we come back, when we come back in at the end of the, end of the week, next week, then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get ourselves going and uh, ready for Bradford. Momentum has been with Charlton, they've really played well this Oh, it's a quickly taken happen. corner into Williams in a penalty area. Chip ball back across, headed clear. Only as far as Saar gets something on it, so does Vedicoli. Oh, oh cleared away. Abby Saar again. Yes! Yes! Come on! This time it was Vedicoli. He got Vedicoli's head up. I don't know who it come off in the end. <laughs> Deflected in, it might have been Williams. I've no idea who that came off last. But it over the outstretched hand of Ramsdale. But it was Vedicaley's head up. John McEwen up for the uh, dropping ball, but it took a deflection off of somebody, and it's in the back of the net. So
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back. It's Charlton Live here on your Sunday evening, coming to you live from uh, the Valley. Chris Solly's testimonial dinner is going on upstairs, actually. I hope everyone's having a, a, a good evening at that, celebrating an absolute legend of the club. Uh, very rare that you get to 10 years with uh, with one team now. And, uh, yeah, so pleased that, that, that Solly's uh, made that uh, record and, uh, yeah, well-deserved uh, testimonial dinner he's having here at the Valley this evening. I understand there's a fair few legends upstairs as well, so I hope they're all having a, a good evening there. So, Lee Bowyer, chatting away... Um, I've, I've, it's not really much more because it was one. It was one of the shortest interviews I've ever done with him because <laughs> you can't really you can't just point a microphone in someone's face and go, "Well, nothing much really happened, did it?" But um, I mean, yeah, pl- I'm pleased to come away with a point. Obviously, would have preferred all three, which on another day we would have got with the the decisions. But you know, he's uh, he, he's uh, quite happy to send the the lads now off on that well earned break as well. Yeah, and I think, like I said earlier, the break comes at the right time, doesn't it? And uh, it'd be good for you know to try and get a couple of people back. I don't know. I don't know how long Williams is going to be out for with it, with his injury, but it'd be nice to just yeah give the guys a bit of a rest. You know, we had some really really impressive victory at Portsmouth. The grinding out the wind Tuesday night and difficult conditions yesterday. So hard on rest for the guys. A couple have been poorly as we mentioned earlier. So it'd be nice for them to to have the break now and hopefully we come back refreshed for for Bradford and then on to that the business end of the season. See how we go. Right, yeah, certainly. So I promised you a, a story. So you may have heard during the interview there, I sort of mentioned about Lyle Taylor's uh, yellow card because he did get booked yesterday, but luckily he'd uh, passed the threshold for the... Uh, that would have been his 10th yellow card of the season. He passed the threshold for that all to get wiped off. So if he had got his 10th yellow card against Burton on Tuesday, he would have been out for two games. So Burton, full-time whistle goes. Everyone's delighted. Brilliant. He's, he's not going to get a suspension for two games. Now... Anyone who pays attention to social media and follows Lyle Taylor on social media would have noticed on Thursday he put a slightly cryptic message about having a, a difficult day, something you know, glad to have got through it without any real context. And everyone's like, oh, what's that? I wonder if he's just, you know, had a poor day training, hasn't hit the target as much as he usually does, that sort of thing. We're all sort of wondering, but, you know, without any anything really coming out, you're sort of not too worried about it because, you know, footballers have difficult days at training. It happens. Maybe it was raining. Who knows? But um, <laughs> so I was uh, only, I heard the, the story secondhand, so I find out what the, the details were yesterday and so whereas we were all delighted that he missed his two-game ban um because of uh, you know after the Burton game yellow card rec- uh, you know uh, threshold and all that on Thursday he got banned for two games by the powers that be now the reason being 
is that the FA or the EFL, whoever is in charge of this, they look back at every single penalty decision that's made in the top four divisions. Someone uh, has a look at a penalty being given, has a look at the the video footage, just to see if they believe that any simulation uh, has come into play there. Now, the powers that be looked at our penalty that we won, that Lyle Taylor won on Tuesday evening in in the sixth minute against Burton Albion, and decided that he dived and contacted the club to tell him that he is banned for two games. So all of a sudden, everyone at the club is going spare. Like, oh my God. I mean, for starters, it's not a dive. We, they didn't think, they don't think it's a dive. Um, and luckily, someone, some bright spark said, oh, not, rather than them just going off the footage, the TV camera footage, we've got another angle of it. And they, they contacted the cameraman with the correct angle, found the angle that showed, that I think it was Brayford for Burton Abbey and had his hands on Lyle Taylor and therefore it's not a dive sent it to the FA and they wiped it. So <laughs> that's why Lyle Taylor, because so <laughs> after all that relief of him not being banned for two games, he was banned for two games and he would have missed Bristol Rovers. So it's interesting. It's also fascinating that they were happy to make that decision without reviewing all the footage and actually going, oh no, we're wrong. So we could have wrongly lost a, uh, our star player for two games there. Well, it's just like they scrolled through like, the Sky Sports highlights on their phone and just picked out the ones <laughs> that the players that they didn't like. Um, oh, imagine if that had stood it would just been absolutely ridiculous wouldn't it you, but you wouldn't have written it off the way the, the officials and that we've had this yeah. season have treated us so I'm wondering now if I can send in my screenshot of the Josh Cullen off, offside goal see, give, us the goal, they, yeah. give, give, give us the three points yeah. reckon, no, right? no, they might see if they ring up on Thursday and say look sorry yeah. but, uh, you've won that game 1-0 actually sorry, <laughs> we didn't, sorry we didn't find it on the day <laughs> imagine yeah brilliant stuff so yeah bizarre story um, glad we've come out of the right side of it um, yeah, and you know, a two two week break now. Lyle Taylor, uh, uh, he'll be going off with Montserrat actually, won't he? So he won't get it. I was about to say he deserves his two week break more than anyone, but he's uh, he had his three game break anyway already. But it would be off now, uh, off with off with Montserrat. So I hope they have a a, a good game. Six players all together have gone off on the international duty, including Chris Maxwell, uh, the, the sub goalkeeper. If you're counting him, which uh, supposedly we should do, uh, because although we haven't actually yet to get to uh, to see him play, right? Let's have a listen. Uh, sorry, look back. Sorry, at some of the tweets that have come in after yesterday performance Mark said I don't think we can be unhappy with the away point all in all playoffs pretty much secured now absolutely the case automatic is just a dream now on a side note happy for Carlin Grant yesterday although it didn't mean three points in the end yeah I mean we'll just pick up on Carlin Grant two goals for, for, for Huddersfield Town away at the London Stadium of West Ham the second one was an absolute peach uh, yeah well well done to the to the lad uh, still lost I felt, felt bad for him there but yeah I mean <laughs> A lot of people saw. I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, "Yes, oh, why are people talking about Carl and Grant?" And that's why I don't want to go on about it. But at the same time, you look at that and think, "Oh man, I miss uh, I miss him. I wish he was. There. I wish he was there yesterday just to score a wonderful guy and nothing." No, oh, exactly. But it's just nice to see our you know our youth prospects doing well. You know, it's like that's like someone moaning when we when we get happy every time Joe Gomez gets picked for England or you know anything like that. We've got a, we're we're very lucky. We have a, we have an incredible academy and the people in the academy do an amazing job in producing good players and. And Carlin falls in that bracket. I thought he, uh, both of the goals, especially that second one yesterday, was absolutely class, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and, and as Mark said, I mean, you, you you just take the point and you move on. Really, it's not one to get two. Now, when you're at the game, it's a frustrating afternoon because you know the wins 
making it difficult. Bristol Rovers were you know, a, a good team defensively. I should, should be pointing out as well that Bristol Rovers, before kickoff yesterday, and conceded 12 fewer goals than anyone else in the bottom half. They had the best defence in the bottom half by a country mile. They've conceded the same amount of goals all season that we have, 37, and we're fifth. And they were, what, 17th or whatever before the, the game started. So it shows, I mean, we're not going to be the only team that's not going to be able to break them down. And obviously, I mean, we did anyway. We scored a legitimate goal yeah. that, that, that got turned down. So... It's just one of those days that you you just have to forget about it as soon as possible. Exactly, and I think I saw a stat yesterday as well that where the we've scored the most goals from set pieces, yeah. and Bristol Rose have, have conceded the least goals from set pieces. So, yeah, like you say, interesting and and a bit kudos to them really is that they're that they're down there and they've got that good of a defensive record. The 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 set piece stat I think also includes penalties, and also we're we're obviously the team that's been awarded the most penalties this season. I think it's about thirteen we've we've been awarded. It's something crazy. Uh, yeah, we've we've only missed it. two or three as well, so we've we've had a lot of goals from penalties, which has helped. Right, Spenny uh, says seven points from nine is a good return, and now it's a nice two week break. The boys will hopefully come back fresh for the running. Yeah, and like I say, we, we, if we'd lost our last two and we've gone to Bristol Rovers and, and and only taken a point, then you'd understand there'd be a bit more frustration. But when you stick it into that that tough week we've had of a, a Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. You know, and that's that's a good week for us. That's, that's a week where we haven't come through with any suspensions. Just about, we haven't come through with any major injuries. I think obviously Williams and and Billick hopefully won't be too well. Billick obviously came back, but Williams, Bowie is hoping will come back after the international break as well. So you put that down as a good week, back on track after the you know the, the difficult time we had after Carlin left. Yeah, exactly. We we had that wobble, didn't we? And we we've had the uh, we had the, the, the draw up at Doncaster, which was. Was pretty even an even affair as well, and and the win at Portsmouth. I think we we'd said all along we'd be happy with getting the four points out of those two games, and then a difficult game on Tuesday night against the Burton side, who I must say I'm surprised aren't in around the top six or nearer the top six. I th- I was really impressed with them, and then a point away at Bristol Rovers as well. So we haven't we haven't lost. You know we've got some players that are tired, probably running on empty. We've lost lost Johnny Williams. We lost Christian Bielik midweek as well. Luckily he was back yesterday. Arebo was poorly on on Tuesday night, so didn't have his greatest game and, and couldn't start yesterday. So the two week break now is, is an opportunity for those guys to get refreshed and, and come back fighting fit for the uh, for the few remaining games. Mm, certainly, right. Hundred percent. Charlton says resting players will just lose us momentum. Uh, look, when we rested players at Rochdale last season, going into the playoffs against Shrewsbury, we were well off the pace. We have a break now, then full steam with our strongest team for the remaining eight games. So obviously I mean, we, we floated out there that Bayer might be tempted to chop and change a little bit as the season goes on now. And in a way you would be tempted because of that, you know, injuries, suspensions that you don't want to pick up. But as also, as we said, I mean, you, it's a fine line between throwing away your momentum. I mean, that Rochdale game that 100% Charlton mentioned last season, I mean, I, think, I feel like I mentioned it recently as well. I mean, it was only one game, but we were pretty flat in it. We lost and I mean, you could argue it, it, it took a, uh, an edge off our performances against Shrewsbury. Who knows? Who knows if it did or if it didn't? Yeah, but I think also the you, you have to look at the circumstances surrounding that game that Rochdale needed to win it to stay in the division. Um, the guy that scored the winner, Joe Thompson, had obviously come back from made that cancer recovery. He's since retired, and it was a bit of like a, a written in the headlines, you know, dream ending to the season for another club. And I think it was very yeah, the circumstances there are difficult because the week before that we we beat Blackburn, who hadn't lost in God knows how many. And who had gone up, needed it to go up automatically, and we managed to beat them at home. And yeah, the Rochdale game was was a difficult one to judge it on because yes, we did rest players, but they were playing their strongest eleven. They needed to stay in the division, and and they did so. But the Shrewsbury, we just didn't turn up for the for the Shrewsbury playoffs last year. That was just the bottom line. 
Yeah, certainly. Right. Um, Dylan Phillips, as we said earlier, made uh, one of the saves of the season uh, in yesterday's goalless draw with Bristol Rovers, keeping out a free kick from Johnson Clark Harris. Um, sort of 10 minutes or so before half time. Brilliant save. Kept it at Nilna, which is the way it stayed. Uh, we spoke to Dills after the game yesterday. Uh, he admitted as well that the, uh, the elements did not make uh, for the greatest of spectacles down in the West Country. Yeah, horrible conditions. Uh, probably the worst, worst for football to win. So, yeah, we knew it weren't going to be easy. We knew it weren't going to be easy with the weather conditions being fine or, or like they were. So, uh, happy with a point. Disappointed that we lost, but seven points in a week is a great week and uh, we're moving in the right direction. And it keeps the unbeaten run going, as you say. Uh, had to play in front of a different uh, setup, back three instead of a, yeah. a back four. Jason Pierce back. No, yeah, Makes much difference? Yeah, they're all good as gold, mate. They've all been really good for me and for the team. So, uh, yeah, whoever plays in front of me, I'm, I'm happy with. And uh, I think we've done well today defensively. Had a goal disallowed that might not have been on another day. And just just one chance is all we needed, really. One clear-cut chance. They were putting bodies on the line. So were we. So uh, probably a fair result in the end. Uh, but uh, for all our... Uh half chances and, and, uh, and the disallowed goal uh, we still had to rely on uh, on yourself at the other end to keep them out and uh, that free kick save if you want to talk us through that because uh, it's up there with a save of the season I think uh, yeah um, no I just, just sort of saw it late uh, either through the wall over the wall can't really remember and lucky enough it just held up in the pitch and I, could, I managed to claw it from behind me um, yeah no I was happy with it so that's what I'm there to do at the end of the day. Well, from our vantage point, uh, we didn't see whether it went round or through, to be honest, either. But um, it looked, uh, after it left its foot, like it was heading towards the left-hand corner. And so for you to get across there and claw it away, it, uh, it looked quite spectacular from where we were, at least. Yeah. So I think it would be one you'd want to you want to look back on. Tell yeah, you, I'll, I'll have a watch and I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's, he, he's got a, the, the fellow who took the free kick, taught, scored a, a stunner in mood week. Did yeah, you have that in your yeah, mind when he see, stepped up for it? We see all the bits they do and uh, see that goal that he scored against Gillingham, was he? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's obviously a good, a good player. He scored six in the last six league games, I think. So a threat for them, and we've kept them quiet today. So happy days. The clean sheet. I mean, that helped to keep uh, keep the clean sheet, which you must be delighted yeah, with. Yeah, another one for the team and for me personally. So I'm, I'm happy with that. Yeah. Uh, top two probably looks uh, out of reach. We've been saying it for probably now for a few weeks. But cementing our place in the playoffs, and we're going. Still unbeaten. It's all about momentum. Yeah, no, listen, anything can happen, can't it? Um, what is it, eight points? Yeah. Eight points. Um, anything can happen. We just ran into the next game. Little break now. Go into Bradford at home and, and hopefully take three points there at home where we're, where we're really good. Um, and just see what happens, yeah. We, it, it's out of our hands, really. Just keep winning games. And if teams drop points, they drop points. So, yeah, we'll just take some good form into the playoffs or or get into that top two, whatever happens, happens, and we'll all be there and willing to fight for the team. Dressing room okay in there, yeah, it's uh, not mate, getting yeah. a win, but you're uh, looking no, forward to a little break before the next Because we're used to winning games, but it wasn't to be today. Well done on the side, especially. Cheers, thank you very much, Tom. Do you think the break has just come at the right time now, because you had a pretty gruelling week over the, over yeah. the last seven days? Yeah, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday took its toll on a few of the boys, that's why I suppose the gaffer rotated things around. Um, yeah, I think a well-earned break for all of them boys running around like they do for 90 plus minutes um, I think everyone needs it and we'll be ready and raring to go at Bradford Obviously in the, in the position that we're in now with such a healthy gap down to 7th place obviously from the outside people will worry about their complacency stepping in but I guess with, with Lee Bowyer in charge that's never going to be the case Yeah, no, not with a squad we've got with a competition for places and things like that 
everyone's fighting for their life to stay in the team or to get a chance every day in training, so there won't be no complacency. from Solly, so Solly wins the ball and then stabs it forward. Grant's going to put Turner under pressure. Turner, an experienced defender, no goes way. down, but no way a foul. And Grant's got away and burst into the penalty area. Switched it across and oh, there. And Turner scored in front of the away fans. It was Grant up against Turner. Turner went down, claiming a free kick. It definitely wasn't. Grant burst into the penalty area, fired the ball across the six-yard box, and there was Lyle Taylor for his third league goal of the season to knock it in past Mark Oxley and the Addicts in a scrappy opening 12 minutes in the second half of taking the lead. So welcome back, it's Charlton Live here on your Sunday evening, coming to you live from the Valley. We just heard there from Dylan Phillips uh, talking after yesterday's uh, goal of straw over at uh, Bristol Rovers. Uh, quite pleased with you. So it's funny, like when when you're a fan and you, you really just want to just like say, oh, that's a brilliant save. You really just want to go on about it. Keepers just like, well, just doing my job, really. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm there to do. And uh, that's what Dylan was, was saying very much. But obviously pleased to, 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 to keep it out. Um, as we said, um, I mean, he, he wasn't giving up the, the top two just yet. Eight points to, to overturn. I mean... He, he, I mean, you're never going to give it up to it's mathematically impossible, I guess. No, definitely not. And I think it's one of those where you, it's just you you can only do what's in front of you, can't you? You can only win the games in front of you. And um, what the other teams do is kind of irrelevant, really. I mean, we can't rely too much on Barnsley's form because, as you said earlier, their their running is on paper quite easy, as as is ours, I suppose. But those teams down there are going to be fighting for something too. So. All we can do is win the games in front of us and see and see how we go. But I, I personally think it's probably just that little bit too far now. I think if we'd have, if we'd have won yesterday, maybe we we could be sort of itching towards it. It'd only be six points, but I think as it as it stands with the run-ins and everything as well, I think it's probably just that little mm. bit too out of reach. Yeah, I mean Barnsley have got to play Walsall uh, up next. Covent, Coventry aren't doing too bad if they seventh. Burton have been very much mid-table. Fleetwood very much a mid-table team. Shrewsbury. Will be fighting for their lives. Plymouth, who are down the down the bottom, of course. Uh, well, actually, they've, they've gone up to twelve. Actually, not too. <laughs> they've had a bit of recovery. Uh, Blackpool, who would be uh, possibly trying to get in the playoffs, and then Bristol Rovers. So no one really in the top six for for Barnsley left to face. So yeah, you'd argue they they've got a fairly easy run. And like I say, even even if they haven't, I mean, they are one of the better teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are as well, but. Uh, they'll, they'll feel fairly confident. Right, we had a couple of uh, decent messages come over on uh, the Charlton Life Forum. Coops uh, says, Louis, just want to say, ha-ha, Millwall. Huge respect <laughs> for the fans that went to Bristol Rovers. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it. Great show, by the way. Best wishes. That's Gary Cooper from Willis. Cheers, uh, Gary. Yeah, I watched the Millwall Cup game earlier. Charlton, after this weekend, for at least one more year, do remain the only team in South London uh, to have won the FA Cup. I don't know if Arsenal won it while they were a South London club, but I'm not really counting that. So yeah, that was uh, <laughs> a close shave, but uh, yeah, in the, in the end, Millwall uh, went out today on, on penalties to Brighton and Hove Albion. So well done to the Seagulls uh, and well done to Watford yesterday, of, of, of course. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, Coop said it was uh, uh, well done to everyone who went down. I mean, was it was it horrible in that way? And so it's that last 15 minutes, we were getting uh, the the breeze or the wind was bringing in a bit of drizzle. It, it was much oh, it was worse after, cold. wasn't it? But yeah, yeah, it was it was cold. <laughs> but 
I think it's it's not a pleasant ground really to watch football. Is it? It's pretty naff yeah, in terms just, of where you're housed. It's I think, a strange one. Yeah. I think you said earlier the time you went, you were sat behind the goal. It'll be a lot better. At least one, yeah. you'd have a, you'd have a roof, which is always a bonus. <laughs> yeah. But when you're standing out in the you know in those winds and and it obviously rained second half as well, which can't can't have been easy. But what a, what a turnout again. You know, like you said there, the, the support away from home, fantastic. It's sold out away end in in a pretty naff weather. So fair play to everybody who came. Mm. Uh, Ross Mann on the uh, Charlton Live Forum says I think that was probably our toughest game left in the schedule considering our home form should be good enough to get us past Luton let's hope I haven't jinxed us Uh, as an optimistic uh, as optimistic as I want to be for the top two I'm fairly certain it will be us versus Pompey in the semis and a final against Sunderland I know uh, we'd all love that so yeah I mean obviously our, our, our home form has been very good and we are still to play uh, Luton Town here at home who are absolutely flying in the league obviously dropped a couple of points against Gillingham yesterday but they're in a, a situation themselves where they, they can afford to um, so who have we got coming up we still got Wickham to play that was going to be Saturday but obviously isn't now it's an international but it's been rearranged um, so we've got Bradford next up here at the Valley in a couple of weeks Bradford rock bottom really struggling Plymouth uh, who have I said have actually been a little bit resurgent recently Luton who are uh, top of the league uh, Carl Robertson Oxford United who benefited from a very strange decision yesterday yeah, I don't know if bizarre, wasn't it? Yeah, trying, worth, worth looking up that one uh, the uh, late late goal at Oxford uh, we still got to play Scunthorpe here at the Valley Gillingham away as our last away game and then Rochdale at home who of course uh, it may be too late for them by then or they may again be trying to, to fight for their lives so I mean our running like we said isn't the worst Luton's still to come at home but it is, it's a huge ask so if we are looking at that that playoff those playoff places now you're looking at the teams who are in and around I think we had this conversation last week but you weren't here Lewis so it'd be interesting to hear who you'd like I mean Sunderland Portsmouth Doncaster Coventry Peterborough Blackpool all within a chance of getting into those playoffs as are of course you know Barnsley could replace Sunderland in in the top three Portsmouth uh, outside chance of getting in the top two themselves Um, if you had to pick someone to play in the semi-final over two legs if it's if it's based on who's in there at the moment I think Pompey um, I think we seem to we seem to always turn up against Portsmouth, but I I agree with with the guy that's that's messaging there. I think I can just see like a Sunderland Charlton final. It just seems to be like written in the stars. But mm. we'll have to see what happens. I mean, as we were saying there with with the running. I mean that those like, after that Luton game, you got Oxford, Scunny, Gillingham, and Rochdale, who are all in the bottom six effectively, all going to be fighting for their lives. You know, Scunny having a pretty poor season themselves, and Oxford aren't aren't doing great. So. We'll have to see, I suppose. It's, it's on in terms of running on paper, it looks all right. I think Plymouth would be a tougher ask than I think we'll see from the yeah. outside. I think they're, they're like you say, a bit of a resurgent, um, a bit of a run from there. Bradford look pretty, pretty rubbish, don't they, at the moment? To be honest, and Wickham, a team that are probably mid-table, not a huge amount to play for. Luton, I, I'm confident actually. I think we can get something against mm. Luton here I think like last season with that Blackburn game with the goal that came off Pierce's backside it could be one of those games where we're we're just, we're just lucky like a little bit of luck and that would be huge like a huge boost going into those last games against a lesser opposition if we're going to make a real late push for the top two mm. um, the importance of finishing fourth rather than fifth mm. means that we would have the home leg second. Obviously, we finished sixth last year, so we played at home first, uh, then the second leg was away. Mm. Um, do, do you think that's overly important? Do you think it gives you an advantage to be at home second? I mean, because you look at it the other way. If we'd 
played really well at home last season against Shrewsbury and beat them 3-0 in the first leg, mm. then that would have been a huge advantage given to us at, at, at the halfway stage. So. Yeah, I, th- I think it can work either way, can't it, really? I mean, it's nice to know if you can go if you can go away from home first and maybe grind out a draw and then you know that your home form is, could probably be enough to carry you over the line, then it's an advantage there. But like you say, we could have last year, or we could have smashed Shrewsbury 3-0 at home and then gone on to their place and what well, I mean last season Shrewsbury beat us at home and then we when we went there we we thrashed them didn't we? we we played really well up there so I think it's just how you turn up on the day I don't I'm not a massive believer in the in the home and away leg you know where you finish um situation I'm it's, it's difficult to see it on paper what what difference it really makes I think we've we've got such good home form I think we can play either way in our our advantage you know try and try and get a decent decent lead going into an away leg if we come fifth or if we do come fourth then you know grind it out uh, wherever we, wherever we're playing and then and then take it into the home leg but sometimes it could probably work the other way it's probably a bit, if you say we draw nil nil at Fratton Park for example in that game and then we go on and we think oh we're, it's in our hands here I fancy us at home and then we just don't show up like we did against Shrewsbury then what advantage do we have by having it that way around I don't I don't really see it but yeah, just sees uh, just uh, how you turn up on the day. Then, right, international breaks coming up now. Uh, two weeks off for the addicts. Obviously, that means we won't be here on Thursday evening because there's no uh, match to give a big match preview for. We won't be here next Sunday because there'll be no match to talk about. Um, so we'll we'll have a couple of weeks break. Um, important rest for the players now. The ones who aren't going away on international duty just to recuperate. Like we say, we've had that that illness that was in the squad a couple of weeks ago. That the, obviously Joe Rebo still had uh, up until quite recently. The the the, the heavy legs that we saw against. Burnley. And it's just come at the right time, uh, a good time for the players to unwind again uh, ahead of what is a big running for the club. Yeah, definitely, and it's it's going to be important. A, a team that, you know, as a club, we struggle massively with with injury, uh, and and having a fully fit side is something that we rarely see here at Charlton. So, hopefully, the break now coming at this time gives us a little bit of a boost going into the uh, into sort of the remaining six or seven games. What you got planned? You going on holiday? Don't know. It's always weird, isn't it? When you when you got no when there's no game, you do find yourself a little bit lost. But all these away days that I've dragged myself to over the last <laughs> month, and with Plymouth coming up with with Tom and Nate, I'm I'm sure I'm going to need the rest myself before <laughs> I go down south with those yeah. two. So it'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's my mate's birthday next week, so we're going to a pizza making party at Pizza Express for adults, which is going to be, it's going to be like a child going to Pizza Hut. But <laughs> the last time I did that I was in year three. Yeah, the, exactly. Uh, the yeah. Pizza making. So so yeah, so that um, so that that breaks come at the, uh, the the right time for me. Right, this has been a. A shorter episode of Charlton Live. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's just a test run, really, to see um, how it works because most people listen to the show via podcast. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts and none of them are more than an hour. So I'm just trying to see if we could fit a whole show into a Sunday. Let us know if you've made, if uh, if you find this a better length or not. Any feedback, really. Obviously, we haven't really had many emails tonight because nothing interesting has happened. So that's made it a little bit easier to squeeze everything. If we'd had a five-all draw yesterday, I don't think we would have been able to do a uh, an hour show. So I'm, I'm interested in your feedback if there's anything you would have changed um let us know if you feel like it is too short let us know as well but it was it was a, a test run and uh, i hope you've enjoyed the show nonetheless it's been a uh, an interesting uh, couple of uh, days with the most boring game we've seen in a while <laughs> uh, but i'm glad we got through an international break now so we're gonna have a couple of weeks off uh, lewis thanks for coming in this evening no worries mate see you in a few weeks yeah, i've been louis mendes this has been charlton live we'll be back then in a couple of weeks time after the international break with a big match preview ahead of the home game uh, against bradford which will come up on thursday week uh, thanks for listening and we shall see you soon Charles and Charles and
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.